the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Carrie, turn it up. I haven't heard this in a while. Sound engineer Eric going crazy in the studio. Are you getting ready, Carrie, for the chorus? Mm-hmm. Right. All right, everybody. USMCA. Oh. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we had that. So USMCA, Carrie. He got it done. Yeah, he did. countries are now looking at it but they can't be a border like that because believe it or not that is by far the biggest border anywhere in the world in terms of this economy, may just give him people. the election there's nothing even close this is a colossal victory for our farmers ranchers energy workers factory workers and american workers in all 50 states and you could almost say beyond because it's all beyond, it's beyond this me is all over the world even though it's at one Beautiful border. You put us up just where, by the way, a just ignore this. I think it's the Secret Service right bleed going. Built. Okay, I don't know if I should say that at this particular meeting. I know last night it got a very big hand. Today they're a little bit like, are we supposed to clap now? The USMCA is estimated to add another 1.2% to our GDP. We need that. Countless new American jobs. It will make our blue collar boom, which is. There you go, Karen. Second time we've heard that. Expectation. Even bigger, stronger, and more extraordinary, delivering massive gains for the loyal citizens of our nation. All right, so there we go. You know, he mentioned the blue-collar boom again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we heard that first at Davos, and now we've heard it again at the USMCA signing. And, you know, it, it's, you know, remember, we were talking about last year. That was one of the big things. You know, we weren't sure if the China trade deal phase one was going to get done. But we said what was probably more important was the USMCA, because that's going to be substantial. You heard President Trump say he expects a 1.2 percent pickup in GDP, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. He didn't really specify he was talking about real GDP or nominal GDP. I always get that confused, Gary. But, mm-hmm. I mean, we just got real GDP figures, and it was, again, 2.1 percent. And when Trump, I think when he's talking about his real GDP, not nominal GDP, right? Um, but 
the uh, the idea that he was always saying in his in his campaign, you know, uh, promises was that three to four percent, you know, real GDP. Um, and and so I don't know. Hopefully this will do that. Um, it'll grow annual exports, the dairy exports by three hundred fifteen million. Wow. Um, the increase in poultry expects to be uh, a fifty percent increase. An increase in eggs being exported, Carrie, a five hundred percent increase. Those are yeah. those are that that's a huge accomplishment, right? And for, then he, and, and then he's talking about the auto too, how it's going to help the automakers. And a lot of people are saying, "Well, Mark, how does that work?" Well, remember what what is what it was about? Okay, was the idea that, um, in other words, it, it's now going to require you know they talk about rules of origin, you know, for cars that carry the label made and sold in you know the USA, Mexico, or Canada, right? right? And so it's going to require seventy five percent of the automotive components to be produced within one of those three countries. Okay. Okay. Um, Which that's not always the case just because your car's dealer's an American. I I know I have American, or I used to, and all my parts were Toyota. I think right now, (laughs) I think right now the old was about 62 and a half percent. Right. So that's going up to 75%. Okay. So that's one why they're saying there's going to be, you know, NAFTA had it at 62.5. The USMCA is going to up it to 75%, have to be produced. Components have to be produced within the three nations, right? But it also, it requires more than, I think, 40 to 45% of, um, you know, to be made by workers inside the, you know, the trade block who earn at least $16 an hour. Okay. okay, and that's about three times the current average hourly pay for a Mexican auto worker right now. Right. right? So, um, and so, and this so was, it should help their their workers. Well, no, maybe. but here's the back door, Carrie. Okay. It should help America because Mexico's not going to be able to pay the workers. So then our jobs will come back to the United States, yeah, where, where a lot of people left. So that yeah, so the labor advocates, uh, the unions, and the U.S. automakers really pushed for that. Now it's now that they're saying, well, hopefully Mexico can get up their workers to sixteen dollars right. an hour. But at least what they're thinking. So, so I think Trump uh, Trump was very happy about that. That's a he had a productive um, week, and uh, you know we'll go from there. Okay, why don't you get us all started? right? Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are here every Saturday morning on fourteen twenty a.m. Between 9 and 10, we are a financial educational talk radio program here to give you helpful information about news or financial issues, whether you're working or already in retirement. And we've been doing the show a number of years. We are sponsored by the estate planning team and the estate planning team is a fee based Ohio registered fiduciary planner who builds, we are known for building custom financial plans. And we've been in the greater Cleveland area helping individuals, families, and business owners for more than 35 years through independent, unbiased, objective advice and analysis. And um, the estate planning team also are accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. And we're super service award winners multiple years, including 2019, on Angie's list. And um, when I say we build these custom financial plans, um, we don't do investments, though. Our clients either work closely with their existing investment advisor, which we coordinate. Well, if you've listened to the show at all, you know we believe in coordination of advisors and getting everyone on board. Or sometimes our clients do the investments on their own. And what we do is a very different independent piece. Um, If you want to see what we're about and if we can help you, um, we make sure that people are using opportunities and avoiding traps. If you're working and thinking about your future retirement, you know, a lot of people want to know when can I realistically afford to retire and then maintain my lifestyle? Or some people say, um, I'd like to figure out what it's going to take today to 
to have that um, ideal retirement lifestyle, whether it's travel, spending, gifting, home improvement, second home, whatever that is, and having these financial models and building a plan, we can tell people how to address those issues and also deal with the financial challenges and how that affects the longevity of your plan. People who are in retirement, we help people know this with the spending. I know Mark's going to talk about cash flow planning today. Um, also dealing with opportunities in this complicated tax code. And for people now, too, we have people coming in, um, want to know how they can take advantage of opportunities in the SECURE Act. Um, for some people, that opened up a window of opportunity. Um, and I know they're still trying to sort through that. We've talked about it on the last couple of shows. So if you want information or want to hear details, you can go online to financialfoodforthought.com and listen to our podcast on that. But we offer a free consultation. Um, we also are working on our spring, our February and March planning classes. So if you missed the last round of classes, um, you can go to the website as well or give us a call um, on, and we'll give you a call back Monday if you want to take advantage of the free consultation. Our number is 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. And listen to Mark Dolly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. Um, and, yeah, you mentioned I'll, I'll be talking a little bit about um, cash flow planning. So the, the month of January... Um, you know, these shows highlighted, you know, how you can build a custom financial plan at home if you're doing it yourself, right? And how we do it for our clients, the estate planning team. And we're going to transition today, Carrie. So one of the ideas is once you've got your 30-year plan or your 35-year plan built and it's working, right, you then can use that for a lot of other, you know, financial planning one specifically is you can take that and really now use that for a current year cash flow planning. Um, and, you know, so we'll talk a little bit about that later today. Before that, it was a big, big week financially, right? Um, we're in earnings season, right, Carrie? And we, we mentioned this last week, too. So why do we talk about corporate earnings? Because corporate earnings drives the markets. It's a precursor. You know, in other words, if there's, if there's good earnings reported over the last quarter, chances are the stock market will be good this quarter, right? And the reverse is also true. Um, now, we always have to give the disclaimer, you know, historical returns doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going to happen in the future. You know, everybody gets that. We can't say that enough, right? But, you know, we still say that. But, you know, it's generally, you know, what's happening. So a lot of the, you know, a lot of big companies reported this uh, this week, Carrie, right? Um, how about Apple? Okay, you know, um, Apple, you know, their earnings per share, the street was looking for 4.55. And what did we learn about companies, Carrie, when they report their earnings? They always hit them. Just yeah, you know, just somehow, right? You know, mm -hmm. you know, get get those gap accounting books out, right? So the the street was looking for four point five four dollars and forty five cents per share. Apple came in at four dollars and ninety nine cents. They beat it pretty hands down, right? Um, on ninety one point eight billion dollars of uh, quarterly revenue, that's an all time record for Apple, right? So Apple was going, you know, watch out. Okay, Microsoft, another you know another big tech company, right? Street was looking for a dollar thirty two EPS. Would they come in at Kerry? 
A dollar fifty-one. All right. So you know they beat earnings. Okay. Um, you know on you know thirty-six point nine billion dollars. You know revenue beat. You know the street was looking for thirty-five point six billion dollars. Right. Um, so what is Microsoft? You know bragging about? Well, they're cloud computing. Um, you know that that you know they were saying that uh, you know that has gone from like a two hundred eighty-five billion dollar just like a few years ago, Gary, like twenty seventeen to over four hundred billion. You know right now. I mean, it's, it's, you know, cloud computing. I, I think it's here to stay, Carrie. Um, how about, um, how about Amazon? That's what everybody was waiting mm-hmm. for, right? Um, so, Carrie, are you one of the 150 million Prime subscribers? No, I am not. You're not? Oh, no. How about your kids? No. Are you sure? Yeah, no. Not Chuck either? No. Wow, you guys are like in, you know. No. You got you to gotta get with it. No, I don't feel that I don't use it enough to. Oh, Carrie, you know, I mean, you know, or if I, you know, we don't want, we can't go to the malls anymore with this coronavirus or not, you know, so no, you know, just I, I, I'm not a big no, yeah. All right, um, I find other ways to have things delivered. So that Amaz- still do free yeah. shop- shipping without me having to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> so Amazon, of course, they don't not paying a dividend, but so no earnings per share, but their revenues, you know, killed it. Um, you know, eighty seven point four four billion. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, I think one of, you know, one of the, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of, you know, financial data this week, you know, with the, you know, and I'm not, you know, kidding aside, you know, the coronavirus has you know got a lot, you know, it is oh, a big yeah. concern. Um, you were showing me those. The video. Well, I, you never know. I showed you a video that supposedly, which I don't know anymore, but somebody filmed that. It looked like out of China, you know, yeah. and they say when you quarantine in big, you know, a city of millions of that people. That was it's a scary than, video. It's more than just a few people getting sick. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's fake news or if that was real. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always cautious when I get stuff, but it does give you pause and i think whatever the numbers are they're much higher than what they're telling you yeah and of course you know you know you, you know so the result you know so you you have the world turmoil you know so we don't know a lot of a lot of volatility this week um we don't know if it was because of the virus we don't know if it's because of the fed speak you know we'll or talk the impeachment of, trial uh, or yeah or yeah yeah the, the, there's nothing over like the impeachment trial is oh. it Oh man, I mean, do we really want to hear any more hearings? No. Um, now, um, so I mean, so I, I, one of the best uh, quotes I heard on, on you know, an analyst saying, you know, how they summed up this week: copper down, Amazon up. And I think hmm. you know, you know, it, 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 you can't argue with that. Um, how about eBay? Hmm. Speaking of uh, Amazon, eBay, um, the street was looking for seventy-six cents per share. Carrie, you think they beat? 77. Oh, they 81, Carrie. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, all right. On $2.8 billion of quarterly revenue up from the... Well, that's right. That met what the street was looking for. But their earnings beat. You know, that's mm-hmm. what matters. Earnings up. You know, um, uh, how about 3M? Okay. They missed. Hmm. Okay. The street was looking for $2.10 or per d- share. Or were they honest? <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they, 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 have, they were working on the original gap policy. Right. right? Okay. EPS came in at $1.95. But they were positive. Well, I guess it's called positive. Carrie, 3M is expecting a big boom in the future. You know why? Hmm. They, uh, they're going to increase production of respiratory masks. Hmm. And they think that. Oh, absolutely. Because they said, I I did hear on the news, Amazon is sold out of the mask. There you go. 
Um, so 3M is up, you know, they said they got an up production on respiratory masks, and they think that may be able to help, you know, rebound from missing their earnings. GE, oh, how about an old, you know, blue chip, Gary? Well, I don't know. People don't, maybe don't think they're a blue chip anymore, right. but um, they beat, you know, Street was looking for 18 cents. What do you think they came in at, Gary? Now, GE's the old style, right? So what do you, right. think, what do you think they came in? Street was looking for 18 20. cents. 21 cents. Yeah, right. there, yeah, there you go. Um, on revenue of 26.24 billion. So, there are some earnings, um, good earnings reports. You know, uh, good earnings usually means a good, you know, following markets. Um, certainly, uh, you know, the, the, but there are a lot of other things that could disrupt the markets, right, mm-hmm. Gary? Um, so we'll look at that. And that's one of those disruptors. I know as things are good and market returns were great in 2019, having that financial plan and model, and we've talked in these show about the importance of maintenance, how many times do people say, I don't believe there's going to be a correction or a recession the next year, but maybe in a couple of years, I want to know, does that affect my retirement date? Let's build in that as far as it model that out, or does that affect my spending or my future plans. It may not affect your plan in the next two years, but certainly down the road, the longevity of your plan. And those are the things that we can do. Uh, before you get started, I want to remind people, um, we do offer a free no obligation consultation, which we can do by phone or in person about your individual questions and concerns. Um, and, you know, there's um, TD Ameritrade came out um, with a survey this week and they had asked, I don't know the number you know, Americans age 40 to 79, what was their biggest regret and planning for their retirement? And 68% said it was not saving soon or not starting a savings plan early on. Um, But there's things you can do to make up for that. Um, So it's, you know, it's, they didn't plan for it. They didn't think about it until you get closer to it because it's easier to procrastinate. Um, We help people get back on track Um, Whether they're working or getting closer to retirement or if you're in retirement, maybe using some planning strategies. A lot of times you can use strategies or opportunities um, instead of just letting the cards fall where they may and let money go into the government. If you do implement some strategies and plan ahead and be proactive, you can actually save yourself a lot of money or potential problems. And you can call the estate planning team for a free no obligation consultation. Or go to our website, sign up for our newsletter, our podcast, and our February and March classes. You can call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So we also had some Fed speak this week, Carrie. Um, so, you know, Jay Powell came out and no surprise, he said no rate cuts, no rate increases. They're standing on the sidelines right now. Um, but not everybody thought that was the right decision. I'm curious, is this the first time people have second-guessed the Fed chairman, you think? Mm-hmm. Um, not exactly. Um, I think the people that run the Feds are always pretty smart guys or gals. I thought Janet Yellen, I thought, you know, President Trump shouldn't have gotten rid of Janet Yellen. You know, I thought, you know, she should have stuck around. He should have kept her. Um, but, you know, Jay Powell's doing his best. Um, he gets a lot of help with his, you know, other cohorts, you know, um, colleagues are all smart people. Um, 
and, you know, so far so good, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know how you blame him, I think, you know, but some people do, right? Um, so, he, you know, he's, he's trying to argue this is not QE again or QE light, what the critics like to call it. In other words, you know, they're still buying what, what's going on, you know, are, are, you know, where are they going? But, you know, they're, they're managing it, you know, they, they're, they're trying to manage it. Um, and, but we, a little shake up this week, Harry, because we had an inverted yield curve, right? And it mm-hmm. hadn't happened since I think, um, you know, um, I don't know, was it last October, last time it happened? Um, you know, where, you know, and, 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 you know, that's when, you know, the three month, you know, the gap between the yield on the three month treasury and the 10 year treasury inverted, you know, for a short time, you know, on Thursday, you know, the day after, you know, Powell, you know, had his press conference. Okay. Um, and, you know, again, we've always said a lot of economists see this as a warning signal, right? That because, you know, the inverted, the curve has inverted each of the past, you know, right before each of the last seven recessions, right? Um, but, you know, again, it doesn't necessarily mean that the inverted curve today means the recession starts tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Again, it's hard to time. And right? it's different um, this time, yeah. right? Um, you know, the um, so, you know, let me try to see, see some quotes. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there are emerging doubts over the ability and commitment of policymakers to show to shore up growth and spur inflation. Um, you know, the inversion has deepened since Chairman Jerome Powell and colleagues kept rates unchanged this week and signaled they would pull out of all the stops to uh, combat a global disflattening, a, uh, a disinflationary downdraft. You know, it's a, a lot of Fed speak in that kind, you know, but um, so, you know, it, we, you know, and then again, but a lot of people say, well, maybe it, it wasn't just what, you know, the, the chairman said it was it was this virus you know the, the the coronavirus was it you know some bad you know um or you know growth you know i mean business you know is, has lackluster spending and even you know this week they said the consumer spending is cooling off a bit right we're, we're no we're no longer acting like drunken solar sailors right mm-hmm. <laughs> we're sobering up a bit perhaps um so whether it was the coronavirus it was uh the fed chairman's speech whether it was spending or you know consumer spending we just don't know you know, we and that's what I keep saying. We don't know gl- what global economic event will cause the next downturn. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. <laughs> it may not be something that we're not thinking about. Right. Um, well, who was thinking about the coronavirus that long that's ago? That's my point. Right. I'm um, just saying, you know, and so so here's one um, banker, you know, Pascal Blank, his his comment, his quote. We don't see that these recent movements are indications of a global or U.S. recession, but as an overreaction of financial markets that usually happens under these circumstances. So he's kind of saying, yeah, it's just, you know, people panicking, right, basically, right? Um, here's another, uh, James Knightley, another big bank, right, The in, you know, talking about the inversion, right? Um, you know, highlights a broader market, you know, fears that, that the virus and its human and economic threat could spread. Um, the more that it does, the more likely it starts to alter consumer and corporate behavior, thereby promoting policy action to mitigate the dangers. Or someone may be saying, is is that we're you know leading to self fulfilling prophecy that you know we, we we're going to have a recession? Um, so, you know, those are some of the things, and so you know that is continue to look at. Um, and then, uh, all right, um, yeah, you mentioned the class. I want to thank everyone who came out to the class. Um, and 
one of the things, um, you know, a lot of good questions, a lot of good discussion at the class. And if you haven't been to one of our classes, you know, it, we, we try to keep the class size to about, you know, 20, 25 people because we think that leads to an open discussion. You know, it, it's kind of like you think back to your college days when, you know, which was your favorite classes when there was 150 people in the class or when there was three people in the class. Have you ever had something like that? Almost like a tutoring session then, Gary. Or do you like when it was about 20 to 25 kids that, you know, everyone knew each other's name and had open discussions and, you know, and led to a, a better experience. That's how we tend to run our classes at the estate planning team. Um, and a couple of things that came up, um, one was, you know, you mentioned the SECURE Act, and we've been highlighting on those shows. You remember, you can always go back and listen to the podcast. Gary, uh, you know, you're going to let them know how to hit, hear the podcast, right? But you know, we, we've got a good, you know, this radio station's got a good bank of our shows. And so, you know, ever since, you know, the Secure Act was passed, you know, it passed December 20th of 2019, um, we've been, every week, we've been highlighting a little bit about the Secure Act because it's really too big, right, to talk right. about. Uh, but the Secure Brief for this week here, I guess it kind of came up with the class. Um, and, it, and it had to deal with, you know, the elimination of the stretch IRA rule, right? And the fact that now, uh, under the current law, a non-spouse beneficiary would have to have the inherited IRA distributed out over a 10-year period. Now, remember, there are some exceptions, but the general rule, you know, and, and the idea is, you know, now in those 10 years, there is no required minimum. So some people are still trying to understand that, you know, so it's not like, you know, under the old law, you know, a non-spouse beneficiary had to have an RMD out within the year after the decedent's death, right? Um, under the new rule, no, they don't have to take anything out the first year after the death or the second year after the death. The law just says they have to have it all out by the 10th year, you know, after. So there are some planning opportunities and income tax planning opportunities for that, right? Um, now, but one of the things is uh, the, how the question came up is, you know, well, what about um, if you've named your trust as the beneficiary of your IRA, okay? And that is an issue, you know? So, Carrie, that was not that uncommon where mm -hmm. we had the attorneys and the legal community where the recommendation to their client was that their trust, you know, sometimes we call that an IRA trust or IRA trust language in the trust that said, yeah, let, you know, name, you know, keep the primary beneficiary, your spouse, but let's name the contingent beneficiary your trust, okay? Right. And there are a lot of reasons I won't get into here why you may want to do that, right? But my point is, the, the secure brief is that if that's you, if you have one of those trusts, if you, you know, you need to be talking to your attorney to see if that language now has to be redrafted or tweaked a bit based on the SECURE Act. All right. Um, and if you don't know, if you say now, Carrie, it's not, you know, it's not uncommon where we have new clients come in. Um, they've had their IRAs a long time. They've right. had a trust a long time. And when they come in, we ask them who was the beneficiary of your IRAs. They always say, well, my spouse. And then we say, well, no. OK, we. Yeah. And then who's right. the contingent? And they're like, then we get the blank stare. And they're like, well, I think it's my kids or maybe it's my trust. You know, so if you don't know, if you've forgotten, 
you know, right, actually. A lot of people did their trust a long time ago when the exemption was 600000 a million. Maybe right. you haven't re-looked at that in a long time. Right. So if that's the case, um, you know, and and or maybe you do remember having discussions with your attorney about, you know, setting up an IRA retirement trust, you know, and the and the idea. And, you know, and, and if that's the case, you you know, we recommend that you have a review meeting with your attorney. And and again, you know, and that's where we help at the estate planning team. You know, we help coordinate. Uh, you know, the professionals, you know, whether it be your attorney, your tax preparer, your investment advisor, your insurance agent, you know, what we're, you know, from the financial planning standpoint, yeah, we believe that our clients get a better plan, get better results when their independent advisors are working together. Right. And we do offer a free, no obligation consultation. Remember, we are a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planner we don't do the investments. Our client either already have someone in place to do that or do that themselves. Um, we do look at your assets in terms of risk growth and tax efficiency. And I know even though um, we've had people even recently that say, hey, I know things are good, but I'm worried that um, the markets aren't going to stay this good forever. And, uh, you know, it, it's looking at things as what growth rate do you need to be okay for your long-term plan and then coming back to say, are you taking on more risk than you need to, to be okay? Um, and we offer that free consultation. So take advantage of it. Um, you can go online to financialfoodforthought.com or give us a call and we'll give you a call back on Monday morning, but call now while you're thinking about it at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. You know, Kara, a second question that came up at the class, you know, it kind of, and we've you know, it's, 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 it's the individual who's worried about what this year's election will do to the economy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, you know, you've you've seen the headlines, right? You know, here's one. The stock market is starting to worry about Bernie Sanders, right? Or, or you know, there was a lot of commotion when Elizabeth Warren was saying, you know, of, of, you know, oh, boy, if she gets elected, the stocks are going to crash, right, because of the new wealth tax and, and, and stuff like that. Remember, it was in 2016. It was, you know, a lot of people thought if President Trump won, the, mm. the market was going to crash, right? And, and I keep saying, I don't get, I try not to get too caught up. You know, first of all, I don't really put much belief in presidential candidates campaign promises okay um and again the president by themselves doesn't really have the power to make major tax law changes okay um you need votes in congress a lot of votes in congress now the president has a veto pen so he can block new, you know, tax law changes. Um, and and again, is the president by them? Can they really control the stock market? Um, I don't know. Um, you know, so but you know, with that, you know, and and, and so when you hear Elizabeth Warren saying that she's going to, um, you know, implement a wealth tax. Or Bernie Sanders is also has his version of the wealth tax, right? Um, the billionaire tax, right? They call it, you know. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen. Right? Um, or know. that we're going to forgive everyone's student loan debt. That yeah. one cracks me up. Well, that's all part and Medicare for all. They don't include long term care. You know. Um, now, um, so 
I'll be, you know, but, you know, but a lot of times, Carrie, I don't think these candidates are creative enough or came up with some of these ideas on their own. All right. Um, I think that's more of a, you know, Democratic left wing progressive movement in the background, you know, that, you know, either, you know, who are coming up with some of these ideas, you know, putting white papers. Remember, you know, when we did, uh, you know, last year, we we're talking about Elizabeth Warren's. Right. And I was, you know, I was talking about, um, you know, how the uh, you know, how that really came out of a um you know, a Berkeley, right, a, a Berkeley white paper, you know, that it was titled, you know, Progressive Wealth Taxation. It was it was uh, written by Emmanuel Saez and Gabriel uh, Zuckman. OK. And remember, I was talking about that and how they were making a case for the wealth tax and the idea of taxing wealth, not at, at death like the estate tax does, but during the billionaire's lifetime. Um, and at the time, remember, I discounted that proposal on, on two basic premises. One, I think there would be a constitutional challenge to it, right? Because the 16th Amendment, you know, allows Congress to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived without apportionment amongst uh, states, right? Um, but they don't talk about the right to tax wealth or property, right? Um also, I don't know. My second premise was I don't know how we they would implement it. It's logistically difficult. Um, you know, how are you going to value all the billionaires' property every twelve <laughs> months? Um, you know, and then what? You how, need an agency by itself to do um, that, and and collect the tax and and watch and audit it and um and, and again. But so I call that the West Coast plan, Carrie. And so um and there are a lot of you know. But now we have an East Coast plan. Okay. okay. And I and I'll be talking about this more as we get closer to the election. But um, okay, so now out of the um, you, uh, New York University, okay, um, Lily Bachelor, who was a one of the law professors, so she wrote a white paper, you know, Brookings Institute, you know, called "Leveling the Playing Field Between Inherited Income from Work Through an Inheritance Tax." So here we go, Carrie. This is a new progressive idea. Okay. So we're, you know, and her plan is not to um, have, uh, get rid of the uh, antiquated estate tax, right? Mm-hmm. And call it an inheritance tax. Yes. <laughs> Which is, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, now, it, it's the inheritance. What's the difference, Carrie? Well, the simple way I remember the difference is estate tax, you know, think about the taxes levied against the estate of the decedent. Mm-hmm. In other words, you calculate the tax, pay the government, and then the beneficiary share Get in the, the net. balance, right. The inheritance tax, it switches it. It's now a tax levied on the beneficiaries when they inherit the money. So similar to IRD. Yes. More similar. Ooh, that know, could create more. Uh, maybe that's a more bigger revenue generator. Well, is it more, um, you know, will more people go for it? You know, um, and, you know, and so this is what... Um, and 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 again, um, so it's that shift and and the way they're selling or spinning it is, you know, and here's the thing about the estate tax. You know, Carrie, we always say no one appreciates your money like you. Right. Because you earned it. Right. Mm-hmm. You knew how much work it took to earn and save a penny. Exactly. OK. And and who's going to be the most upset when the government tries to take that away from you? You. You. Are. Okay, um, and we always say found money or inherited money might not have that same feeling to it. 
Right, because for a lot, we've seen over the years, a lot of beneficiaries think, wow, that's money I didn't have yesterday, so what, I have to pay taxes on it. Right, because they didn't, it wasn't their blood, sweat, and tears that went into earning it and trying to save it. Or they're just, you know, I I mean, they're just, wow, I'm getting something that I didn't have yesterday. So somehow the tax isn't as painful. Right. Okay. Um, So, you know, the idea here is because the Wall Street attorneys had found, had always found ways to get around the estate tax if you really wanted to. Because because the people that who saw that they weren't going to allow the government take away, remember that fifty percent, you know, estate tax, were the ones that that I earned it. I'm not going to let the government take that. I'll do anything. Figure out a way, Mister Attorney, to get me to save from that. Right. I don't know if you're going to have the same push from beneficiaries who are going to inherit money. You mean they're they're not going to be upset? Well, are they going to be hiring Wall Street attorneys to probably not? Uh, you know, to try to come up with ways. Now, I'm sure they some will. Some will, but uh, I'm I'm thinking the majority won't. Okay, and it's also I think they're going to I think the progressives are going to try to you know put a guilt case on the beneficiary. You know, it's kind of like the idea of saying, "Hey, this is free money to you." As a matter of fact, you might never even have to work again. And you still, so why, you know, you know, as so a, the government it, gets a cut, even though I worked hard, well, maybe well, I Carrie, left money to my yeah, kids. It's a, so sil- that, it's a silver because- spoon tax, you know, and, right. and, and, and the idea is saying that, you know, you know, if you had to work, you would have to pay payroll taxes and income taxes like all the other blue collar workers who aren't going to inherit, you know, money. So, so, so oh, it's just brother. like that. It's just like you don't have to work. So the government's so it, just entitled to take up just because it is. That's the spin. <laughs> but I think that's easier probably to sell than it would be the estate tax changes. Okay, so how much talk, how much tax are they talking about? Well, that depends. Right? So like the estate tax, the inheritance tax would also have exemption levels. Okay. And what did the exemption levels would be? Well, you know, you can talk about, you know, let's start, you know, um, it, it, it could be, you know, the, over 10 years that, you know, there's ideas that it could raise $340 billion, may raise $917 billion. It may even raise $1.4 trillion. Those are big dollars, Gary, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and they're going to sell it to you by saying, oh, but we're only touching the one percenters. Okay, because that, that makes it easier for the millennials to vote for this, right? Okay. Um, we're only going to go after the one percent. We're only going after the billion. We're only going after the multimillionaires. So it's not going to affect you, Carrie. Right? Um, are you there yet, Carrie? Are you? No. No. Okay. Um, would right. be nice. Right. I'd still work. So, <laughs> um, so Carrie, do you, would you think that um, that if you inherited uh, money right now, that you would be in the top zero point one eight percent of people inheriting money in this country? Less than 1%. Hmm. Do you think your father's estate is bigger than that? Than what? Than 0.18% no. of all the American families in this country. I don't I don't think so. Okay. Um, not 1%. Right. 0.18%. No. no. Okay. Um, probably most people listening don't think they'd be I in that either. I was going to say no. It, when, when you reverse that or say what right. the exemption would be. That would not be taxed under this inheritance tax to the, to get to that point one eight percent. Right, the amount is five hundred thousand dollars. 
Now, see, that's, you know, that's, that's what, a disconnect. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, so, so, you know, I think you'll hear the progressives talking about it's only going to, you know, affect the 0.18% of the families in this country. I don't think they'll be talking up much that the exemption is only going to be $500,000. Right. Okay. Um, and if they kept that exemption only at $500,000. Now, remember, that's all property. That's mm. everything. That's IRAs. That's real estate. That's real estate, life insurance. Life insurance, that's, death benefits. How many people have life insurance? You got a house and a life insurance death benefit in some cases. Um, Personal property everything. that gets you over that's it. Your, that's you know, mom's wedding ring, whatever. Okay, 500000 That's what's going to raise $1.4 trillion. So, you know, so I'll be talking more about this as, um, again, you know, because if you want, you can get this white paper. It's out Brookings Institute. You know, it's about 40, 50 pages. Um, but, you know, it, it, there's it, I'll talk and there's a lot of interesting parts about that. Well, I think regardless of what the news is going on, it, it comes down to being proactive in your own plan and how things affect you and what things you can control and what steps you can take, whether you're working or in retirement. Remember, we're big on using opportunities and avoiding traps in this complicated tax code. Um, We do enough analysis, whether it's pension, timing of Social Security, IRA distribution, Roth conversions, especially some people with these new Secure Act have some opportunities. Um, But it comes down to what's going to give you the most net benefit um, and doing enough analysis that the decision makes is easy. What we do is give our clients that independent objective uh, analysis and recommendations based on your goals and our background analysis. Remember, we're very different than other advisors. Take advantage of a free consultation or check out our website for our classes. You can email us, sign up for the newsletter, or listen to our podcast at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, you ready for the big halftime show, Karen? Yeah, no, I probably won't make it. Do you see the push where people are trying to um, petition for the Super Bowl to be on a Saturday? Yeah, why isn't it on Saturday? Or, right, because they said, or I laughed, or other people said, how about Monday be a national holiday? Yeah, and why, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. No. Just put it on Saturday. Why isn't the Super Bowl on Saturday night? I don't know, because football I is mean, always Sunday. Who's but against it? Nobody. You don't have college ball, college yeah. going on anymore. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it would solve the issue of the, you know, the, the I think the I think the television people want it because right. they always are struggling with the timing because they want to get right. the West Coast, not in Well, like, and, and I know even Coast though we, I don't know if we'll watch it because it's the first year we really haven't had football, NFL football in our house. But all the years, like my younger one would stay up late and be exhausted for school yeah. the next day or half fall, fall I, asleep know, halfway through the game. And, and I, I, I think they would sell more Doritos if it was on probably. Saturday night. I think it would be bigger, longer parties. Probably the parties would be, be going better later. for the economy. That's my point. Right. I, I mean, why hasn't this happened yet? I don't know. But I did see that um, this last weekend um, on Fox News, one of their morning shows, was saying there's a, there's petitions for it. Yeah. And some people are against it because it's not tradition, but to me it would make more sense. So this is Jennifer Lopez, right, getting the halftime. Gig. Yeah. And, um, you know, let's see what else is going on, Carrie. You know what, Carrie, I always say, you know, robots are going to take over all our jobs. Yes. 
Um, well, you know, it's going to even take all of our animals' jobs. You hear that? You know, you hear about the ground, you know, Groundhog Day is tomorrow, right? Right. Um, so you hear that they want Peta wants to replace? Oh my gosh, because he's so neglected. Like well, they are. They're saying he's terribly neglected, Carrie. Oh, I'm sure. Because they say they, you know, they pull him out and they put him in that harsh sunlight, you know, and and, and it's 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 traumatic for them. I'm sure they give him some treats or something. Give me a break. No. It's no kind life for these animals, Peta President Ingrid Newark said. Okay. Um, so they're putting up a, you know, they're putting up a great fight about this. I, I think animals are. They tougher. want to replace it with a robot, groundhog. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> that's 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 so dumb. You know, those um, are the same people that say, you know, finals week is too stressful, and we have to have coloring books and blow bubbles because right. it's too stressful. I think I think the know. groundhogs. Okay. Well, I guess what they're saying is, you know, the groundhog, you know, it, it really studies have found that there's been no consistent, you know, right. correlation between the groundhogs seeing the shadow or not. Right. Um, this old Pennsylvania Dutch superstition. But, um, all right. So there's J-Lo. Way to go, J-Lo. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So cash flow, Carrie. Don't call it budgeting, Carrie. No? That gets, that gets people upset. You know, Mark, don't put me on a budget. You know, I don't live my life that well, way. Well, I think we do it differently where it's... Let's figure out what you need or what you want to spend, and then let's figure out how to get there. Um, yeah. So, okay, I don't call it a budget, right? Um, we call it cash flow planning, and you know, it, 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 it's interesting. Clippinger's had a, an article recently. Carrie, now you got to be careful when you read Kiplinger articles. You know, some are done by the staff, right, at Kiplinger's. Others are done by people who pay to put their articles in the magazine, right? They're usually investment advisors or, you know, something along the, those lines. So they, they've they got a, a, a monetary interest in you reading the article. So it's kind of like an advertisement, right? An but, advertorial. Yeah, basically. So you got to read the fine print sometimes or the bylines. But um, so this was one. And, and, you know, wealthy people need budgets, too. It's called cash flow management. I like that term, cash flow management, because that's really what we do. Right. All right. Um, and you know, it, it's and they and the, and the writer of the article, you know, w- w- you know, saying, okay, high net worth individuals, you know, typically underestimate their spending by twenty five percent. Okay, sometimes by as much as fifty percent. Okay, um, and they also, which we've heard us say on the show, you know, cash flow management is not a one and done tactic. You know, how many times have you heard us on the show saying you don't do a financial plan and put it into a sock drawer for 30 years? Right. That's not the point. Right. Um, and, you know, it's you, you have to have an ongoing commitment, you know, to and then, you know, and we always say, you know, you make your best assumptions. But as reality changes your assumptions, you got to go in and tweak your plan. Right. And we're very active planners at the estate planning team. Right. Um, we're doing that throughout the year. All right. Um, and the article also mentions, and you might have heard me say this, Carrie, before, you have to have an honest assessment on what you're spending, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, because if, if if you're not honest with yourself, it's the old adage, garbage in, garbage out. Right. Okay? And that's why we say the robot right now doesn't know if you're lying. If you tell the robot you're, spelling, you're spending X amount of dollars a month, the robot's going to believe you. Okay? Um, and if, and, and again, so... You know, you could you could talk about that, um, and why you know all those things. I thought the 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 writer had some good points. Now, the other thing is, so how do you do it? You know, because Carrie, the other idea is a lot of times we hear, 
when a, when a client says, um, you know, they, they say something like, uh, Carrie, you've heard this before. You're like, Mark, I, 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 I know I'm wealthy on paper, mm-hmm. but I really don't know how to get it. I, I don't know how I'm going to get my cash flow when I'm retired. Have we heard that once or twice before, Carrie? Many times. Um, and it's, it's just, just because you haven't learned how to do it yet. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we talk about the phases of your financial lifetime. Right. You know, we talk about the accumulation phase, you know, while you're working and you're not necessarily you're in the mandatory spending. Right. But you're not necessarily. You know, but the idea is you kind of know that your cash flow is coming from your take home pay. Right. That's very consistent. And you already know that you probably don't have to worry too much about income tax payments because the, your payroll department is withholding taxes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a much different picture when you leave that phase and you go into your retirement or spending phase or uh, disposition phase. Right. right. Um, this is where now the wages end. By the way, the payroll withholding ends, and now you have to say, "I've got this idea of what I envisioned." my retirement to be and there's a price tag on that and I've got to figure out how I'm going to meet that and by the way cover my taxes all right so it's just that you know switching that and and so it'll take you some time to learn how to do that that's why working with professionals sometimes we can help you over that um leapfrog you over that hurdle right um, because we've been helping clients for over 35 years get through that, you know, process. Um, so, you know, w- w- so it starts, though, you know, first by, you know, we, we've been talking, like I said, in January on, on the pot, and you can go back and listen to the podcast on how to build a custom financial plan. That is, you know, really a plan, carry that's designed to look over the rest of your lifetime, right? 30, 35 years. But the idea is once you get that built, now you've got a great tool that you can use that will help you do your current year's cash flow. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, in other words, think of a, a, a spreadsheet where, you know, you've got 30 years or 35 years, however long you're running your financial plan, you know, going down the page. And the, the, what we do to do this current year's cash flow, we just strip off the top year. Mm-hmm. And just say, now we're really going to, you know, so the, the life flow plan is, or, the, you know, what, we're, what we call our financial model, the life flow plan, you know, that's kind of like a 30,000 foot viewpoint, right? It's just right. generally saying, you know, we're projecting out what your you know, income, what your, you know, what your plan expenses are, how much retirement income's coming in. It could be if you're still working wages, you know, whatever. Um, but the idea is that it's just theoretically saying, do you have enough you know, assets in the background to supplement your income now and in the future to cover your plan expenses for the rest of your life. Right. And that's, you know, but, but when you really work on a current year cash flow, we leave that 30,000 foot viewpoint, right. And we just zero in and say, now specifically, how are we going to do it this year? So we still starting where, you know, at the same numbers, you know, how much cash flow do we need that, i.e., how much expenses right. are you, you know, creating, um, you know, and boy, and, and again, that has to include 
all your expenses. You know, that not only includes your uh, daily living expenses, sometimes we call those mandatory expenses, it also includes your discretionary spending. Healthcare costs. Right. Do you have um, do you have a, 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 a unusual expense this year? Um, could be a home, you know, a big home improvement you or know. maintenance. You need uh, a new furnace. Could be a new car that you've got planned this year. Could be a bucket list trip that you got planned. Could be this year. more medical. Maybe a dental bills that are going to be costly. Oh, that never happens. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, now. It, and it includes taxes. Yeah, I was going to that's that thing. Then we right. can't forget about Uncle Sam. Right. All right. Um, and, 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 and that's the thing, you know, because that's what we're really looking at the model to do, because your income taxes, Carrie, you've already mentioned that your income taxes um, aren't going to be the same every year in retirement. Right. So you can't just use last year's number and assume that's what it's going to be every year in the future within some inflation right. factor. It, income taxes don't work that way. You know, income taxes are more, you know, about, um, you know, about how much taxable income you're creating in one year, which is correctly dependent on where you're going to get your cash flow. That's why we'll be talking about cash flow, you know, as we go on. And we'll be talking about the subject for the next couple of Right. Weeks. And it's looking at how to how to create that income you need as tax efficiently as possible. Um, and if you come out to the classes, you'll hear about the tax thresholds, Medicare thresholds, other things. Um, you can go online to financialfoodforthought.com for information, classes, contact us for a free consultation or give us a call um, and take advantage of our free consultation. We'll only recommend our services if we can help you, um, there's no pressure. Um, we simply present what we can do. We have hourly and retainer options. And like our plans, our fees are customized as well. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. By the dawn's so we got Demi Lovato singing the national anthem. I wish it was, I wish the big game was tonight. I, 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 I think I'm I'm out for that. I'm I'm up for this Saturday night. So she can sing the national anthem, Carrie. This she can. She has a good ring. The question is: Is it going to be a longer or shorter than the two minute? You know, remember so you know remember how you always say that. Uh, I like when people just sing it like it's supposed to be sung too. You know, there's big betting. I think the over-under right now is two minutes and three seconds. Okay, so you can bet whether it's going to be longer or shorter than that. But And the key is there's also a separate prop bet on how long Brave is going to be. Oh. Okay, you know. Oh, gee. And, and I so bet the over she, can under, ho- she can hold notes, so I would go on the yeah. longer end. Well, this version, we're running out of time here, right. but this version, Brave was nearly seven seconds. But I'm saying That's she can hold. That's much over the five-and-a-half-second bet, Gary. Right. All right, enjoy the games, everyone. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.